Facing a crisis in your life or business? Take the helm and steer yourself in the right direction. It's time to take charge and make things happen with your host, Lynn McLaughlin. Well, welcome back everyone. And it has been an amazing two weeks vacation for my husband and I. I told you in our, our last interview that we were visiting our, our son, our oldest son for the very first time in 22 months. And it has just been incredible. And uh, a resounding reminder of how important our family and our friends are at this time. We are in beautiful Nova Scotia. You can see I'm not in my studio, but it's my pleasure to come jump back in. And if you wanna see some of the pictures of this glorious landscape at this time of year with the mountains and the valleys and the beautiful fall colors, just go to my IG account, uh, L-Y-N-N-M-C-L-A. And Deidre Chen, our guest today, is an IG wizard. <laughs> and uh, she's been through an awful lot in eight to nine years as an entrepreneur. She's gonna help us along the way. And uh, I'm gonna start with an experience with, most of us that probably would have shut down our businesses, but Deidre and her partner actually took it to inspire them. They became more passionate about it and actually changed continents as a result. Thanks so much for being with us and teaching us so much today. No problem. Thanks so much for having me on, Lynn. Awesome. Okay, well, I hate to go back, but it's a really important piece of your history. Let's go back to the time when you thought things were moving along and then, oh, didn't leave. See, you started to ask some questions and what you discovered. Yeah, so uh, a little bit of background. I started, uh, as you, you mentioned, my first business about nine years ago with my then uh, boyfriend slash partner, now husband. Um, and it was, a, it was in hospitality. So it was a dessert bar called The Chalk Pot in Sydney, in Australia. Um, and we grew that particular brand to five locations in Sydney. Um, and at the time we were like, obviously super busy, super stretched. We had store managers in each of the stores. And around about, gosh, three, I feel like, I wanna say three years, but it might've been a little bit longer, like three to three and a half years ago from today, um, we found out that one of our store managers for our busiest store, the one located in the heart of the city, had been stealing from us um, and had been stealing like hundreds of thousands of dollars over, I think he'd been with us for like four to five years. Um, and it was just a shock. Um, do you want me to go into the story of how, how we actually found out? Many of us might have different branches or overseeing. And, you know, I think there's probably a lesson for, for, for many of us here in yeah. what we can do differently. So this never happens to any of us. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Please. I'd love to hear it. Yeah, for sure. So, um, uh, okay, so the night we found out, I was, I'm quite a, I'm a morning person. So, you know, I, I just crash at, um, at night, early at night. But my husband is actually, he's a night owl. Um, and sometimes, and so I think it was something like 2 a.m. in the morning. I remember it was like a Thursday night. It was, well, Friday morning, I guess, 2 a.m. I kind of startled awake because um, I was, I don't know, something just woke me up. And then I realized he wasn't in bed yet. So I go out um, and I go into the uh, you know, dining room and he was like at the dining table and he's still on the computer. And I'm like, what are you doing still up? Like come to bed. And then, um, and then I realized like when I looked at him again, he was just sitting there um, and I've never seen, you know, when you read books and you're like, his, his face was ashen and like, I never really quite experienced that until that moment when like, I like his face was just like, 
it was like white. Um, and he was just like staring at the screen and I'm like, what happened? And he, um, he was like, no, cause he knows like how much I need my sleep. I get very cranky um, if I don't get my sleep, but um, he, he was like, no, 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 you, you go to bed. We'll just talk about it in the morning. And I'm like, well, I can't now. <laughs> like, no, I don't you don't know what's wrong. You have no exactly. idea if it's the business, someone's health, who knows? Right? Yeah, exactly. So I was like, no, you, like you have to tell me. So he was like, yeah, I just got off the phone with um, Julie. So one of the other, um, one of the other ladies in the team. Um, and he basically, she said, and he was kind of telling the whole story. She was like, it was kind of end of the shift. She had texted him to be like, Hey, I think, I think something's wrong. Like, do you have time to chat? Um, and he's like, yeah, you know, like what, what, when do you want to chat? And she's like, Oh, we can just do it in the morning. Cause I think he, she was just trying to like, you know, spare him as well. He was like, no, look, we're both up. Why don't we just chat now? And so like they had spoken, um, on the phone and she was like, look, I don't know what's happening. I don't know how he's doing it, but I think something, this is happening. You know, she's like, um, he threw like he he always leaves. So this store manager um, always leaves basically the team. So he'll work the day. Um, he'll always be at the the point of sale. So he'll always be the one taking orders, um, and he'll basically leave the night, leave the team to clean up. Um, and but he would always be really intentful to throw all the receipts out. Um, and so she's like, I don't. I, she's like, I I can't figure it out. I don't know how he's doing it. And there's this uh, particular, uh, I guess. Um, report or part of it which is like voided voided transactions um that we just never thought to look at before because this isn't just this isn't something that you just assume is gonna happen um and so so when he got went into that then he was like he it was just like the volume the number of transactions which by the way we never ever trained any of our staff to use like um so you know it kind of shows you the experience that um this particular person had had in doing some of this stuff so anyway so um anyway so the amount of transactions that came up ash was just looking at it and i think that's when you know it was just like the because we were like you know maybe it's just a couple thousand maybe some like but as they were coming up and he you know he's going like next next you know the to see like page after page after page and how long it was going for it was just like oh my god this is actually a really really big deal like this is um and it was just it was just mind because then your, your mind goes to all these different because i remember like immediately i know for ash he he was so shaken because he was like but surely if this has been like to this quantum and this time maybe he wasn't doing it alone and so he oh. himself was like thinking about all of these other trusted team members that we had and it's like are they all in on it as well like is this what's happening um and then i remember like all the times that we thought that store was really really struggling like we <laughs> i mean if nothing else it's definitely been an exercise of really digging deep and being innovative because we had to really come up with new ideas new ways to market that store and you know get it working because you thought because you thought it was failing when exactly. actually he was stealing hundreds of thousands of dollars from you exactly <gasps> all the time and it oh was gosh. just like and so i remember um so anyway friday morning and generally friday mornings i do an early morning um yoga class with a, a friend of mine she's now my co-founder in my new business 
Um, but it was like 7 a.m. class and obviously I had no sleep. I had a lot on my mind. I was like in yoga trying to, and it was about balancing and focusing. There was no focus. There was no balance. I was like falling all over the place. It was a disaster. Um, and I just remember like, you know, and I think she must have had that similar experience that I had with Ash where I was, cause then we, we go for, for breakfast and I was, I was just like sitting there. I think I was probably still in like some kind, some shock. And she's like, what's going on? And I'm like, uh, I don't know how to, it's almost like you, you can't, you don't even know how to verbalize something like that at that time. No. <laughs> like, how do you just say, yeah, so, you know, and she knew him because she'd come into the store with us and he's always super lovely, like really inviting all of that. And I was like, yeah, so, you know, this person, they've been like, he's been stealing from us and like a lot of money, like <laughs> Yeah, how do you even say that anyway? So, so, um, yeah, so that was just, that happened. And then from there, it was just like a series of, I would say more so like mind events, um, if that makes sense. Cause obviously there are events that happen that where you have to confront the person and, you know, all the, all these things have to happen. Like we went to the police, we were like all of these, you know. Oh, and you, you got to tell us how you confronted this person. <laughs> I mean, seriously, we all, we need to hear this because <laughs> there has to be a, you know, a reckoning here. There has oh, to be. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, even to the end, because we're just such like, you know, we try not to jump to, even to, to the end, we were just like, there's got to be an, a, a good reason that he's doing this. That like, surely, surely our judgment in character, which you know, we like to take a little bit of pride in to be like, yeah, we, we know good from bad. We know if someone's trying to like scam us or whatever to not, but so we're like, okay, surely <laughs> we're not completely, I don't know, like totally maybe, maybe there's an ill family member that didn't have medical insurance. Right. I mean, you'd want to think that there was, you know, some type of an explanation like that. Exactly. exactly. So anyway, doesn't so make it right. Doesn't make it right. But at the no, same time, but yeah. yeah, but there's going to be some reason anyway. So it was really, so the, the night that we, um, so we actually confronted him that, that night, that Friday night. Um, and we were actually downstairs. So our story is kind of like, it's on a multi, it's in a multi-level center. So we were downstairs in a cafe, um, towards the end of, you know, the shit, like towards the end of the, the store closing. And, um, Ash had his laptop with him and we, he was just in real time. We were watching these transactions being voided. <laughs> like in real time. So even that night we were in this cafe downstairs and we were like counting up, we were like, wow, that's like $1,200 already tonight. That's, wow, that's 2000 tonight. That's like, it was crazy. Um, he was getting and, bold after all of that time. Right? <laughs> And mm. so anyway, the night, uh, and so the, the store closed, closed as in all the customers left. Um, the, the team was starting to, to clean up. So we, we go in So we sat him down. We were just like, I can't even remember the, like, to be honest, I'd like the conversation is a little bit of a blur, but I just remember like moments of it. And there was this moment when we were like, um, uh, like, and we obviously asked, like it got to a point where we had to ask him point blank. Cause we, cause we, we kind of, tried to give him, I think, ways for him to confess in a way. Uh, and so we were like, you know, we know that the store hasn't been performing well. You know, is there a good reason? Like, it's, it's clearly not because of what we thought it was. What, you know, and so we were trying to like give him the openings and all the way to the end, he was like, no, like this, it's just, this and it's just really quiet. And, you know, all these, all these other things that he'd been um, sort of 
painting the picture for us all this time, right? Um, and then, and then we finally just had to be like, we know, like we know that you've been stealing from us. And so even we were like, even tonight, how much have you stolen from us? Um, so anyways, all to the end, he was lying about it. Um, and then it got to the point where, and then I actually asked him, I was like, why, why are you doing this? Um, and, <laughs> and again, I was expecting, you know, Lynn, what you were saying, like, yeah. your family member, something, right? And he's like, I, I just like nice things. Oh, I would have <laughs> wanted to jump across the table or the counter. I, or I could just envision like, what do you, how do you react to that? Oh, oh my God. Seriously. Mm. I just could not believe the goal. Like how do you, anyway, so, um, I just, yeah. Anyway, so all of that happened, but you know, all that to say like that moment was, uh, it was a, it wasn't, I'd love to say it was a clarifying moment. It wasn't, we were just, we were pretty much a mess in a way for like, you know, a good period of time. Um, but it did help us. It was clarifying in a way because, you know, when something like that happens, you do start to think about everything, right? Like where you are right now, you know, is this actually what we want to be doing? All that sort of stuff. And so, because only now looking back, do I realize that at the time we had kind of, built ourselves this new hamster wheel. Like I always say this, but you know, when you're in corporate and you're nine to five or, or something else, you're, you feel like you're on this hamster wheel, right? You're just like, it's like groundhog day every day. You get up, you, do the thing, you get into work, you know, and then it's like the same day over and over. And you want to leave that. You want to, you know, start your own company to get off that hamster wheel. But sometimes we find that we've just built a new, a different hamster wheel for ourselves. And I think that was what had happened we were just in this, like, you know, this was just the thing that we did and we just woke up and like, you know, it was the same thing. Um, and at, in that moment, I was like, well, you know, after a period of time of like having thought through this, I was like, this isn't even really what we want to be doing right now. Like it's been great and we've loved the experience and I wouldn't ever, ever change it for the, anything in the world. But like in that, like right now, I don't think it was serving us the way that, you know, we, we wanted it to, or we needed it to. Um, and for me, I was like, you know, I've always wanted to live and work overseas. Um, and so we were just like, start it. Like, let's just do it. <laughs> like, why, don't, why don't we just do it? Um, and it needed, so in a way it was a really terrible thing that happened, but you know, with, and I hate the whole like silver lining thing, but it kind of was right. Like, because yeah. something really great came out of that, which was, that we um, looked really looked hard at ourselves and what we're doing and be like, yeah, this isn't where we want to be. Let's change it. Let's make it happen. So yeah, that's kind of. <laughs> wow. And that's what taking the helm's all about. So here you pack up and you move from Australia to New York, just like, woo, and yeah. start up uh, all over again in a, in a new way. And I mean, we have so much now to talk about with your, um, you are, you've got cap show going, you've got a sales summit coming up. You've got a free web class. I mean, my gosh, you, I'd love to hear more about your, um, actually learn more. And I'm sure many entrepreneurs do about the algorithms, you know, and how that, my goodness, I used to run Facebook ads, for example, and bang on awesome. And then after Christmas, when they changed to the new iOS, oh. wow, not much happening there. Okay. So where should we start, Deidre? <laughs> <laughs> you well, you, take, it. Yeah, you take it. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell a little bit of my journey. Since. Okay. So at the time, actually, before uh, we made the decision to move, I'd been working on a new business actually with a co with another co-founder. So um, Bonner, we had met in our corporate job. Um, I used to work in an investment bank in Sydney called Macquarie Bank and we met there. 
Um, and we were working on this fashion technology idea. And so <laughs> when Ash and I made the decision to move, uh, I, I brought up with Bon and I was actually a little bit, um, not afraid is probably not the right word, but apprehensive because I was like, I don't know how she's going to take it. You know, just we've been working on this thing for like, you know, a good six to 12 months. Um, I don't want to say that we're not doing it, but you know, we'll just make it work. And so that was a conversation I had with her, which is like, look, it's okay. I'll be on like Northern hemisphere time. You'll be in Southern, like, we'll, we'll have, we'll have all time zones covered, like all this sort of stuff. Like, <laughs> oh, we can make this work. Um, but then I don't know. I think we were again at brunch or breakfast and I was just like, you know, like, do you want to just come? <laughs> it's like, you know, it's, it's not, it, it feels, it's funny now, but it's kind of like at the time, it's like, what, what was I thinking asking someone to just move over the, to the other side of the world just like yeah like that right um but you know obviously we had that kind of relationship where we could because you know um she was just like yeah like why not in a way you know there was really nothing holding her back I guess um in in Sydney so yeah so we moved over um and we moved with this fashion technology idea um and it had to do with you know making shopping and styling really easy, um, really seamless. So, and um, we hit the ground running on like testing because we knew that with a lot of software and stuff, uh, like you need to have product market fit. That's like the, the holy grail almost of, you know, getting these things to, to really take off. And so we were like, at the time we were talking to um, college students, we were talking to young professionals um, on kind of Wall Street. Um, and just seeing like, you know, was there going to be a market for this? Um, and more and more, what we realized was that while it was a problem that we were solving for, it probably wasn't a big enough problem where people were willing to change their habits, um, their current habits. So we actually failed that idea. Um, we, we, we made the decision to pull the plug on it. At the time, we'd been speaking to boutiques as well because, you know, we had to have two sides of the marketplace. We had to have the customers, but we also had to have the inventory side of it. Um, and we kind of, in our conversations with them, when we were like, what is, you know, if we could solve for one thing, what would that be? It was always acquisition. I mean, that's right. Like any business, it's like, get me leads, <laughs> like get me converting. Like that's, that's what every business wants. Um, and so we kind of fell into agency work at that time. We fell into helping these e-commerce like boutiques. Um, we helped a chocolate brand, like we fell into it in a way. Um, and so from that experience, we actually started um, Growth Boss, which is a, was a coaching business. So while we had agents, we were very quickly tapped out. Like I think a lot of people who do done for you services know that you get capped out by capacity very quickly. Um, and so we wanted to scale, but we also wanted to um, make it like accessible for others, for other people who are just getting started um, in their own e-commerce journey. So we got into starting to help um, through a coaching program, sort of, um, yeah, uh, it's more starting like, uh, or looking to just people who were on their journey, just, just about to scale. Um, so just really helping them through that. And through that process and even through our own process of like, cause we all know we have to be on social media. We all know we have to be visible we have to be driving that organic traffic because that's the only way that then paid ads and you know inorganic can actually work right a lot of it is a testing ground around what works organically um and so we but we through that process and through talking to our clients and other people in our broader community we knew just how hard you know creating content is um and still is 
And especially when you're trying to do it differently, where it's not just creating content content sake, but you're really trying to connect with your audience. And as we know, being on you know a podcast like this, like the best way to do that is through your stories, um, yes. through your experiences, through the thing, you know, um, what you can share of yourself to bring and uh, to, to bring to your audience. And a lot of what gets shared now on Instagram or on social media more broadly is like, it's very surface level things. Mm. And a lot of times we just do that because it's like, we feel the pressure of having to just post something. It's not really quite at the depth or the level that we know we could get to, to create that connection. Appreciate that. Yeah. I find, yeah. I mean, I get tagged in a lot of things or, you know, you post something and promote it on, promote it on. You get these pop-ups all the time and it's not, I love the term organic right? Where you're actually connecting with people. That's what I want to do. That's what you want to do. And it's a really important piece of advice, I think, for entrepreneurs. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so we, we knew that this was a, this was a problem and, you know, if we could solve it, this would be a problem worth solving for to help a lot of other entrepreneurs be able to create this kind of connection with their audience. Um, and so that's where Capshow was born. Um, and Capshow helps entrepreneurs turn their stories their actual stories into a bank of captions and emails. Um, and so, and you know, it's kind of funny. That's why I'm a, such a firm, firm believer that we all are on our paths for a reason. Um, you know, regardless of when we look back and we're like, what were we thinking doing that? Or wow, this thing failed or, you know, that was, you know, but it all happens for a reason because if I hadn't gone on this path that I had gone on, you know, we wouldn't be where we are right now. And where we are right now is where we need to be in this moment. Um, and so, yeah, so we created Capture. And with that, uh, it literally, gosh, how many weeks ago would it be now? Like four weeks ago, I want to say, we were at Funnel Hacking Live. So um, this was ClickFunnels, like Russell Brunson's event. It was day four and uh, Tony Robbins was speaking, of course. And he was talking about these patterns of focus that we have as humans as, as people um, and how that actually uh, defines our happiness or fulfillment, I guess. And it was literally like one word he said, literally one word. It's a very common word. And immediately my mind switched on. Um, and he was, cause he was talking about the first pattern of focus, which is that we always focus, when we focus on what's missing rather than what we have. And it was a word have where I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I've been doing this whole time. Like I've been focusing, so focused on all the things I was missing that I was stretching myself in this really not great way to try to make up for, to, to, to fill those gaps, to make me feel like I was worthy of doing the thing that I was doing. And anyway, so, but what I did have was that throughout, you know, my corporate, uh, even from when I was really young, right? I've always been, this massive introvert, like it got so bad to the point where I remember uh, my mom coming out of this parent teacher interview when I was in fourth grade. Um, and she was like, yeah, so your teacher was mentioning, you know, you were doing this speech and you were literally, I was, I didn't even realize, I didn't, this is how crazy it was. I didn't even think, realize that I was doing this, but I was backing into the storeroom that was behind, like as I was talking and giving the speech, I was like backing up into this storeroom because I just wanted to like, I just, didn't want to be like, that's how much of an introvert that was. Anyways, I started a law degree and part of that, the marks, especially how much you contributed in class and you participate in class, which meant raising your hand and meant asking questions and talking. And I'm like, that scared me, you know, and, it, and then you go into corporate and it was like, you're in meetings 
and you have to speak up. You have to be vocal. That's how people get recognized. That's how they get acknowledged. And you know, that's just not, again, not me. That's not naturally me. And then obviously in entrepreneurship, you have to be visible. You have to put yourself out there. You have to grow your brand. Like you have to do all these things. And so throughout all my life, I've always felt like this thing that I've been using as a crutch or an, ex as, or as an excuse um, to not do things, to not network, to not put myself out there. I had still managed in some way, shape, form to overcome in micro moments, you know, like I was still able to get promoted in my career, even though in my mind and in like, I was this person. And so, wow, like this is something that I've always thought was missing in my life or in who I am that I actually have. Like I have this experience of being an introvert, but I've been able to overcome it in these moments, in the moments that mattered to actually, you know, um, graduate with honors, yeah. um, with a law degree to be able to climb the corporate ladder and head up teams, um, to be able to grow six, seven figure businesses. Like, and so it was in that moment that I was like, this is what I can do. Like we have this amazing software, this enabler capture, but really what I can bring is like, how can I help other entrepreneurs, whether it's introversion or something else that's, you know, and in my community now it's just so amazing. Like we have women who are saying, yeah, I suffer from massive imposter syndrome. I don't think any of us are, you know, any stranger to that, but imposter syndrome, um, procrastination, like all these things that they're using as excuses, excuses, not in a, you know, but like to hold them back, themselves back. But mm -hmm. this is the thing when we actually uncover that, that's what, that's the thing that makes us remarkable because like for me, I've been able to battle this thing that I've always hated about myself and still, you know, do pretty well in my, and that makes me remarkable. You know, someone else in my community is battling imposter syndrome and she's still doing the things and that's what makes her remarkable. So how can we identify that? Cause we are all remarkable in our own way. And we turn those into the stories that we need to be sharing. That's how you create the connection with your audience. All right. Okay. So you've got the software to help us as entrepreneurs. You also have a leads and sales summit coming up. What, what can you tell us about that? Yeah, so I'm actually um, a guest a guest on this summit. So um, Joe Evans is running it, but she so she's brought together, um, gosh, thirty other great minds um, on this summit. And uh, yeah, basically, I'm going to be talking about so I call it virality marketing, um, which is everything from like so. There's three sort of core components to creating virality in your marketing. There's um, the messaging, like what message are you actually creating and putting out there. There's the content by which you're actually putting this message out there with. And then there's what I call loops. Um, and that's kind of what creates the sharing and the momentum and, you know, people joining your email list and re referring others. So I talk about virality marketing on this summit, which is really, really cool. Um, and I actually go into detail on virality marketing as well in, I think you mentioned my web class. Um, so my free web class, I actually go into detail on that, uh, those, those components as well. Um, so yes, that's kind of the, the summit itself is all about how we get leads and convert them into sales. So yeah, excellent. It's and we'll, we always provide the links. We'll, we'll, anyone who's listening or watching, check out the podcast uh, notes and we'll, we'll provide the links that you can connect with Deidre through that summit on her webpage and all of the other things, but we can't leave without talking about your two books. You have authored the traffic formula and the Verilocity formula. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm actually currently writing the virality formula, but okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, um, oh gosh, 
um, super cool book. So it kind of covers like what I call the traffic pyramid. Um, and it's pretty much the four tiers of the pyramid um, that we all uh, like, regardless of business. And this is from experience for me, kind of like obviously having run and grown businesses and just muddling my way through. I just need to get people in the door or whatever, but also learning from a lot of mentors, just watching other businesses and how they've done it. So I've condensed it into the four tiers of the traffic pyramid that if you follow, um, and this is now what I, this is a system that I follow for all of my businesses and for my clients um, about how to actually get leads. Uh, and then Virolosity Formula, the one that I'm currently writing, um, will actually detail, it'll actually go into those three, you know, basically the formula of um, your message, your content, and your and leverage loops, um, as I call it. So that's going to be really a cool book that I'm currently working on. And um, it should be released in the new year, actually. So in all your spare time. Like <laughs> <laughs> in all your spare time. All right. Listen, in closing, what wisdom do you have to bestow upon us about the algorithms that are continually changing and what we do as entrepreneurs to not let that, that block us or slow us down? Yeah, totally. Um, and I've been so guilty of that. Like when, when reels came out on Instagram, I was like, Oh God, another thing that I have to learn and get across. Like it's, it can get really overwhelming. Um, but I think that we have to realize that, Beat, you know, I call it beat the algorithm. You're not really beating anything. You're not doing anything underhanded. I think it's just coming down to realizing what are the platforms trying to do and how do you, how do you actually insert yourself into that conversation? Um, so, you know, I was actually speaking to someone, um, my uncle this morning, actually, and we were talking about, um, about Facebook and, you know, how he was like, oh, you know, cause he's, he has, he, he, um, he's trying to release some new music and he's like, yeah, you know, I post really ad hoc on these, you know, these things, but they, do, and they don't, but they don't get, every time I post, they don't get any reach. And I was like, well, there's a reason why it's because, you know, these platforms, they actually encourage and they incentivize consistency. Right. And then because, and the more that you, and yeah, when you first get started, you're probably not going to get very much engagement. You're probably not going to get very much reach, but when you can show these platforms that, Hey, I'm going to show up for you, for you you your audience um and you know you're going to do it consistently and they're going to start to push that out more because their aim and as long as it gets engaged it's engaging content because the aim is to keep people on the platform right like that's you know we all know that they just want people to spend more time on facebook or instagram or whatever it is so if you can actually provide content that you know like does that then they're going to mm -hmm. want to promote you well, I guess what, what I find frustrating, I mean, talk about Twitter, we can talk about other platforms, but I get really tired of people reaching out and saying, follow, follow me and I'll follow you, or let's do a follow train. What is the purpose? You follow someone that you're not connected with. It adds a number. What, what if you have 10,000 followers, a hundred thousand followers, are you really able to engage with any of them? I completely agree. Um, and you, like, you will regret it if you do that, um, because ultimately what you, your, your audience, your follower number, no matter how, like that is going to become an asset for you eventually. Right. We talk about ads and things like that. You can do lookalike audiences off that you can, right. but if you're doing these on an audience base, that isn't even your target audience. Like what is the point? <laughs> there is literally no point. So yeah, we have to be really smart and we have to be a little bit patient. Like I know we all want the, you know, 10,000, 20,000 followers, but Seriously, I think you're absolutely right, Lynn. Like you want to be focusing on actual people who care about what it is that you have to say and care about what it is that you have to sell, frankly. And, and it's a two-way relationship, right? It's, you know, how can I help you as well? 
you know, which is what this podcast is all about and helping people find their voices and share their inspiration and what they've been through and open new doors. And uh, it's just a pleasure. Now, Deidre, many people are going to want to reach out to you. How can they find you? What's your website? Yeah, so you can find me on um, capshow.com, so C-A-P-S-H-O.com. I also have, um, I'm kind of doing a new one, which is uh, a new website as well, which would be deidreshen.com, so just my full name.com. Okay. Um, and, you know, on there, there'll be links that you can come and sign up to my free web class where I go into more detail about the bio, about biolocity marketing. So if you're interested in learning how, you know, one of our clients grew or gained 1,178 customers in under three weeks, uh, then <laughs> I talk about that as a case study. So come along um, and, yeah, definitely hang out with me. I'm trying to do the math in my head. What did you say? 1,178 customers, which means income that comes with that as well, which is really important to us as entrepreneurs. I love it. Totally. totally. Uh, thank you, Deidre, for uh, joining us today. It was absolutely my pleasure. So thank you so much for having me on. And next week, we're going to be welcoming Tara Egan. She is an advocate for families that are going through difficult divorces, and she's helping many people with co-parenting, which is so important when we have our children because the last thing we want to do is cause more trauma for them than they're already going through when their parents are separating and going their own ways. And with that, everyone, we always end on the same note. Have a safe and a healthy day. We'll see you next Wednesday. Thanks for listening. To learn more from people who are steering in the right direction, go to lynnmclaughlin.com and search the archives of every interview or subscribe to this podcast feed. A new episode is published every Wednesday.